If we out here, y'all already know. Yeah, we bullet. Having trouble trying to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I'm counting sheep, but running now. Run it up. It's time to buy. Still I try. Still I try. No rest for cross stops in my mind. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Planker Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Schaefer. And today we have the return of Emmett Davis. Round of applause, please. How you doing? Um, So, yeah, here we are, the gray t-shirt, or the gray sweatshirt committee. Emmett, it's great to have you back. You're our number one guest of all time. Damn, thank you. That's, yeah. uh, I'm honored. It's been since uh, the last time we spoke was November 2021. And, uh, and you've, and that episode shot up to the moon and it stayed up there the entire time. No one has ever surpassed that one. Damn, dude. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I listened to it and, uh, I talked way too much and I rambled and I, and I shared too many things, but overall we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that this, I was thinking about how do I open this up with you? Mike, I, I do want to ask you, why do you think people love that episode so much? Do you think your story resonated with them? Do you think they just want to learn more about the company? Like if you had a theory, what's your theory about why it was so um i think just because i was in a mood that day where i just like let it rip like i i didn't have any preconceived i wasn't trying to like i wasn't nervous i was just kind of in the you know yeah kind of went off like that's what makes good that would make that's what makes good you know interviews and podcasts and shit but it's just depends on your mood you know like i just got in there and was like i'm gonna i'm gonna let it rip you know with no with no worry of being embarrassed or whatever and i think people respond to that i think they do too it definitely comes across i could tell immediately when a guest is like when it's gonna be like pulling teeth or when it's gonna be like okay this is gonna be a walk in the park yeah yeah how how you doing i've seen your show has been getting you've been getting some good guests it's been going up last year we were last year we were working our asses off to put it out pretty much every week for a while and then my real job started to pick up and I fell behind and now it's a new year. You get to restart at the beginning of the new year. So we'll see, yeah. we'll see how long we can pump them out weekly for. I mean, yeah, it's every episode is it's people like it. You're the, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're the guy. It's dope. It's good to see Emmett. I appreciate it very much. So we'll kick things off. You know what? Maybe I'll interlace the viewer questions. We got a ton of them. So maybe I'll throw them in throughout the thing. Sure. Um, fly fish the east right off the rip are you still furiously vaping dude uh yeah i don't yeah i've been i've been getting a lot of uh targeted content on social media apps specifically about people getting collapsed lungs from vaping so i think it may be time to pack it in for sure (laughs) it's not it's yeah the algorithm is speaking to me and it's telling me maybe yeah dude yeah it's not cool like i said <laughs> in the last one it's not cool it sucks uh it's a huge insane waste of money 
but you know you got one with you right now yeah dude what the fuck come on bro (laughs) it's not it's not yeah don't do it word so we can cover we can cover (laughs) let's cover 2022 basically because that's the last time we spoke right after yeah we talked you went to ukraine so i mean that shows how long it's been since we spoke so what was what was the ukraine trip all about dude i did go to ukraine that's crazy uh yeah it was wild that in hindsight that that was kind of that was the whole thing was surreal because i didn't have a passport i paid like twelve hundred dollars to get my passport in 11 days my passport came in the mail two days before the flight i get on the plane i go to ukraine it's crazy i thought i had covid they thought i had covid i didn't it's this whole crazy ass story about dude it was wild and then i left and then a war started so it's just like it's just so i was only there for like three days but just the fact that i was there and then three weeks later a full-scale war started is insane yeah and you guys made a video about that i didn't i don't know if i watched the video doing my research for this but who who are you out there with i was there with uh dakota with that connell and uh young snow max and uh basically they just hit you know i'm like i'm like the uncle kind of so they got invited to this thing and they're you know in their early 20s wreck you know they're they're young they're young wild and free out there so they're like hey can you come with us to ukraine because we're going to fucking ukraine we don't even know couldn't even point to it on a map probably no offense boys but they but i was like hell yeah i'm, I'm down you know but the craziest it, the event was it was so wild it was like being um the equivalent of, of like if you had a rail jam in new york city under the statue of liberty like it was like the the friendship arch like the center of kiev the the whole you know the park and uh they built this six-story scaffolding with just this crazy rail setup and and it was really cool it was really cool um i thought i i so i'm going to leave and i get okay the whole time it was it was pandemic so you were getting you were getting covid tested like semi regularly you know i was like all right we're only there for three days i gotta get a covid test on sunday because i'm flying back on monday because i need it to re-enter the united states no one had covid i was like the most cautious out of everyone ironically like i was wearing masks i was with it the whole time because i'm like I'm not getting fucking stuck in Ukraine. I'm not getting COVID and getting stuck in a country that might go to war in a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> so I take the COVID test on Sunday morning. Sunday night, I get this alert email in Ukrainian that's like, you fucking have COVID. <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude, no. I There's no way I have COVID. No one else has it. So I didn't have an option really all I could do is contact the organizer. She's like, okay, we're going to get you another test. We're going to get you another test so you can get on the plane tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. So I'm in this, I'm in this hotel in Kiev. I get a knock on the door. It's like three in the morning. My flight is at like 10 AM probably these two. They're probably 18, 19, these two Ukrainian kids 
just knock on my door and they're like covid test now like and i was like dude okay so we get we get in their renault like their little hatchback and we're driving like a half hour out into the sticks of you like out out you know and we get out and just go to this like bootleg very very questionable like health center and i got a covid test there and on the way out i was like talking to the guys and i was like you know what can i what can i do like if this is if i really have covid what can i do like can i get a fake test or something because i was trying to figure out my options i was like i'm not staying here i gotta go and these guys are like it's ukraine you can do you can do <laughs> You can do whatever you want. You can get a fake test if you want. And I was like, oh, true. Okay. So that was, turns out that it was a positive, it was a false positive, whatever. I got my shit back and got on the plane, but I could have been stuck there. Like, you know, at that time it was like a two week mandatory quarantine thing. It was like, yeah, it was wild, but I don't know. I liked it. I liked Ukraine. I don't know. Have you ever been? Never been. No. When my buddies yeah. were studying abroad, I was thinking about flying out there, going to shoot some guns and tanks. And, you know, they yeah. have all this funny tourism, but my buddies weren't down with it. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'll stay in Connecticut, I guess. Yeah. Everybody seemed really serious there. Yeah. Uh, probably because their country has a insane history of horrible shit. So everyone is very like stern and serious and it's crazy what happened it's crazy what's currently happening there yeah yeah i don't know and so yeah like i said it shows how long you've been how long it's been since we last spoke i mean so yeah, for the true. people for the people that are listening to this to find out hey what's the history of vishnu hey what's emmett's story i heard it's crazy that's episode 28 all right this is episode 60 if you guys want to hear all that stuff we talked for two hours we talked for two hours a while ago Damn. this is going to be the all over the place episode but one yeah. thing you said that i've been thinking about lately and i think other people have been thinking this you said that you're the uncle you're kind of yeah. the salt lake uncle you know you're kind of unk and I'm then but the, but on the east coast it's tall t dan pretty much filling the exact same role for these guys do you guys ever feel like you're kind of the the fathers of uh of the younger guys coming up right now not even like the fathers but like the big brother the uncle you know like the person they go to for some wisdom um maybe i i don't know i guess i try not to think about it i guess yeah i guess so i don't really see myself that way i just try to help as much as i possibly can like as far as uh people skiing and like doing what i can to point them in the right direction and stuff about you know about how to do how to how to do stuff pretty much anyone that needs help you know and dan's kind of the same way like the ski industry can be full of people that are not very genuine sometimes. And it, you know, Dan is, he's the man he's, he's, he's 100% like who he presents himself as. And that's, it's cool to have that in skiing just generally, you know? Yeah. So how often are you fielding questions? Like what are your, D what do your DMS look like? Oh man. Uh, uh fine fine a lot of kids i don't know i kind of have always kept it like separate like people who know my name know my instagram but like i don't like advertise that i'm the vishnu guy so yeah you know 
it's it's manageable. I I certainly have to take a couple minutes out of my day every day to answer messages for sure. Yeah. And is it like, hey, I need this advice. Hey, uh, sponsor me. Hey, mostly that. The other thing. Mostly that. Sponsor me. Yeah, I answer a lot of messages at red lights. Because <laughs> that's kind of where I'm. That's kind of if I'm driving, I'm thinking. Generally, it's a good time to think. So at the red light, I'll fire a couple off. I'll be like, "Thanks for the video. Thanks for the message." You know. That kind of shit. <laughs> yeah i don't know i do my best to answer every message i for sure miss some it happens well so last time you were here you you walk people through this is how you get free skis from me yeah that was a mistake and then i chopped it up and i sent it out (laughs) and we had a viewer question let's see i don't even know oh it is going to be so hard to find who asked this question so I'm sorry if you asked this question, but he says, are you still doing the the street video for free skis deal? Yeah, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not what I meant. I, you know, uh, I think I meant that I appreciate the effort of making. It's not like a cut and dry situation. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I would that's kind of what I would say is like the best way to get sponsored by Vishnu is it's yeah it's not a giveaway that's what i'm saying it's not a giveaway you know what i mean but if you make a cool video and you send it to me and you happen to be what the it's all about timing dude it's all about timing like if you send me a video because you want a pair of skis but i don't have skis to give you at this current moment in time then i can't do it just not gonna happen it's just not happening because it's it's the time of year that it happens generally like if you send me a if you send me a video um in february january feb like i the skis are gone like right now right now skis are are you out of stock i mean yeah i have i have skis that i have to keep for the existing team yeah for people that ski year round you know yeah so, so yeah, I mean that was another good question. Discour- yeah, I'm not trying to discourage kids by any means, but I just don't. I want it to be clear this is not like an automatic. It's it's there's more than just the video. I just wanted to use that as like a good starting place. Like it's yeah. a good start to to make a video with your friends, send it along. I'll check it out, but it but it's of course not an automatic here you go type thing i never i didn't i never meant to communicate that so i'm sorry if that if that's how it, it was taken but i still want you to send me videos i still want to watch you ski for sure but just, but just keep don't yes yeah. it's not a button that you could press and then all of a sudden you got a free pair of business manage your expectations a little bit um throw in those viewer still, yeah go for it but still send videos though yeah yeah so throwing in the other viewer question because you mentioned that you keep them for the team who is the team right now again apologies to whoever submitted this question because i'm lost we have over 30 questions for emmett who who is your team right now so many questions i'm down though i like it i like answering questions i mean uh, 
without trying to sound too pretentious without well i'm pretentious by nature so that's kind of not gonna happen but without without trying to be too pretentious <clears throat> the whole team what i i don't really like that um, like labeling there's certain people there's it's there's tears you know there's tears there's people that get a pair of skis there's people that get a couple there's people that get this many pairs of skis and then this many funds there's people that get you know there's levels to the shit but the i mean me me <laughs> i'm the team that's me <laughs> no i mean the like people who are like the founding members i would say are like the team like people have been around the longest so like kyson dylan luke um cal is on the team but even saying like the team like i don't really that doesn't really it's not the right word for it yeah there's no contract being signed there's no none of the none of that really it's just like my word that i'm gonna give you stuff when you need it and i do and that's pretty much how it, how it operates you know yeah so I mean, going back into early 2022, spring, you were filming with a lot of guys, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and the whole reason that we started talking about this episode in the first place is because of a Vishnu video dropping soon. Yeah, so, shame to self-promotion for sure. Absolutely. He's doing, the, he's doing the whole media tour. Oh, man. So, yeah, like, uh, what, who are you filming with? What's your role in the filming? Are you getting clips? Like, let's, let's hear about what your filming expeditions are like going out to Minnesota or wherever the hell you guys end up. Um, yeah, I'm the equipment manager and also the, uh, personnel manager, I would say. So, uh, my job is to get all the stuff in the car that's needed to be in the car, uh, double check, then go to the spot, think about everything that could go wrong. And literally every single thing that could go wrong, mitigate those risks, build a jump, put the winch in place. Uh, and then I just run the winch and I say, hell yeah, you got it. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> but I was filming with two different groups. I was filming with um, our, the t the group that I just said, uh, Kais and Luke and Dylan, um, been filming a video for a couple seasons now. And then I, I, I have like a sort of a free agent vibe where I'll just like go with. Uh, so I went with Egan and Cal and Benny to uh, to Cleveland and then Pittsburgh, like after that and help film for child for child labor, like all time quarterback type situation, like whatever I however I can help at the spot, whatever I can do. Um. I do that because I've just, you know, been been doing this very silly activity for so many years that I just know what to do a lot of it. when maybe people that haven't been doing it as long, like don't know what to do as far as technical stuff. Yeah. Should we go here at night? Should we go here during the day? Are we going to need a propane torch to set the jump? Are we going to need that? You know, that shit. So technical, very specific, weird technical knowledge that I'll never be able to apply to any other activity is what I'm doing. 
Yeah. You're like a street skiing consultant. Pretty much. Yeah. No, yeah, pretty much. And then my and then as far as me skiing, I feel like my job is to uh provide comic relief a lot of the time. <laughs> So, yeah, so it'll be like, usually if I get a couple clips, I'll do it all in one day because it's a day where everyone is like sore, tired, pissed off. It's probably raining. We've been, we've been like doing this for three weeks straight. No one's having fun anymore. So it's like, I'm putting the boots on and I'm going to fucking ride down some stairs, you know, like I, I'm like a mascot. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah, that, I'd say that's a good, like, would you, when you think about your skiing in your mind, are you ever like, I'm a good skier? Like, does that thought ever cross your mind? Yeah, I'm the best skier. <laughs> what are you, what do you mean? No, yeah. Like, I like, have, go ahead. Okay, I have a, I have a realistic understanding of my skiing skill set. It's limited, right? But, but if I'm in the right, it's just, it's just the way I think. If I'm in the right place place to do a to hit a spot of some sort like i can do it it's just the 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 thing about street skiing is fundamentals like i have not regular skiing fundamental fundamentals but like rail skiing fundamentals like i can slide a rail right foot forward any rail i could slide it left foot forward ish you know i can do a front two i can do a nugget i can do these basic things and then i just know how to apply them in a in an interesting way and a lot of times in a way that like doesn't count but that's kind of like for the fun of it <laughs> that's kind of like my the fun of it you know i've had both i've done both my knees like i gotta pay for my own health insurance i gotta i gotta keep i gotta keep it chill but you can still i can still do things where people watch it and are like that isn't that doesn't count <laughs> and that makes, me laugh. that makes me laugh yeah but then i'll throw in like a, i'll hit a kink rail i'll hit a like a real a real rail just to let you know just to let yeah. you know yeah it's just like you throw that little one in there like oh if he wanted to he could but it's just like he chooses i'm, old. To. I'm old dude what do you want from me bro i'm fucking about to be 32 i can't you know yeah Hey, and special, special treat for our, our video viewers. Emma just busted out my favorite drink of all time, the plain LaCroix. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's funny. There we the go. Background. There, there we go. go. Yes. Uh, this is where the meme ends. This is, this is like the full circle. Yeah. You get into LaCroix, you drink all the different flavors, but you eventually, you end up at, you end up at pure. Yeah. It's Easy. the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, end of our side tangent. I just had to point that out because that oh, is yeah. that is seriously the best drink maybe ever. They crank, they get the the thing about Lacroix is the amount of bubbles, so bubbly, so crispy. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. Don't give me that Topo Chico shit. No, nah, no. The bubbles are not there. I don't know. They're just not beautiful. You're listening to the Emmett Emmett Davis Radio Hour. Um, yeah, you know I, I could go off about drinks. That's like the one thing I'm pretty passionate about beverages, for sure. We'll, but we'll tie in the next of your question, Shoe Man. Yeah. Look, oh, we're hey. gonna we're gonna string these together all night, Shoe Man. Are we gonna get the Emmett Street Cut? Speaking of all these clips that you're stacking up, 
serious clips, non-serious clips. Are we getting the full part from you? If that's Evan Schumann, what's up, bro? How you doing? Uh, long time, long time custody, customer loyalty vibe for sure. Um, no, you're not. No, I'm bu- dude. I'm busy with everyone else's skiing. Yeah. Um, one one day, well, maybe I'll do it. Now. I don't know. I just need to hit the gym. Here's the thing: you got to hit the gym at my age. If you're want to be a street skier guy. You you have to be exercising as much as you are hitting spots. So you need to be like in shape to be doing these dangerous activities, you know? Yeah. So and I'm not, I'm just not quite there. Like I'm not jacked and tan. I need to be. Yeah. If I was jacked and tan, yeah. It just goes back to it. Like if Emmett wanted to, he would bust out the craziest street part, but he's busy. With all this other shit. Nah, I don't have it like that. <laughs> I don't have it like that. I really don't. But I think I think uh I mean I could make a funny vid a funny vid that's the thing, it's funny. It's entertaining. I'm here to entertain. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I can make a, I can make a funny video in like a week if I was on a trip. But the thing is that I'm on these trips, I'm surrounded by people whose skiing is so much more important than mine as far as the time we're putting towards it as far as the you know what i mean and it's not it's not that they if i wanted to go hit a spot and i was with like cal and all these they would be like yeah go for it we'll film it they would love you know it's all it's not like they don't want it it's that like i'm there to optimize their experience it's not about my it's not about my skiing yeah no i completely feel you i think yeah i don't know if it was you're the one who brought it up or somebody brought it up but the dicky Styza 10-year street edit that i confronted him about when we did our ninth word episode i feel like it's the same vibe dude like some shit like that drops and the people just have to watch it yeah i mean dicky is still he still skis like like always which is cool Mm mm-hmm he hasn't he's still you know i've i very much don't try (laughs) he is still sick as fuck but that's tight um all right switching gears later in 2022 you posted you and dan teamed up for the arsenic collab oh yeah is it the first time you guys ever teamed up on a uh on a piece uh yeah yeah first time what was the birth of that um i don't know i think i just asked him if he wanted to do something and we for a while there we were like sending each other album covers back and forth because i get a lot of inspiration from album covers i don't know why and he does too and uh i don't know i was just trying to do something edgy so i sent him if you've ever some if you've ever listened to rage against the machine the evil empire uh cover you can look it up but it's like a it's like uh yep like like a superhero looking guy yeah but he looks kind of evil and there's like a star and it's pretty cool and i was like we should just rip this directly and he was like no nah, that's too easy let me check it out so he found the same 
yeah this one so i was like this i don't know this just says uh it says evil you know empire you know yeah with the with the lowercase e on the chest yeah good place to start just for design i guess you know and uh he said no nah, that's not that's not quite there and then he found the same that artist did is a comic book artist he found the original that that was copied from and then found copies of those comics online and then found that image of the two superheroes shaking hands and then he was like well what about this and then i and i was like yeah good and so then i i just brought it into photoshop and ripped it off tastefully and uh that was that i like that one because um he had them printed and then shipped them to me and then i embroidered the v and the three three on the chest of the guys so it's like a print with an embroidery on top of it which is hard hard to get the aim right but um it was just cool that it was like you know it was an actual collaboration where we sent stuff to each other and it wasn't just like a quick quick whip up you know yeah no, national no. logos together yeah that's pretty i mean that's sicker than i thought the story was gonna be yeah yeah, yeah. but shout out to rage dude i i get it like i said i get a lot of my inspiration from album covers for whatever reason yeah i like your creative process uh, so let's tie we'll tie in another right. of your question this is the only little morsel of of origin story that we'll throw in here today. Nick, he said, uh, "What was first, making the skis or the custom clothing?" Uh, the skis. Skis. And so, how did the how did you get into the whole the the Vishnu items game? Um, I've been making, doing little clothing stuff. You know, when I really think about it, I've been like altering and doing clothing stuff since I was like 13, 14. I learned to crochet, uh, made some crocheted hats when that was cool. Um, I would cut up shirts and sew them up and stuff. And it wasn't until uh, Vishnu became a thing where I was like, oh, damn, I have ideas for, I have ideas for clothes, basically. And I never really, I guess I never really thought of it like that until I had an outlet. Like I, I was always thinking about clothes and about designs and stuff. And then I had an outlet in Vishnu to do it. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you big? I think I remember you posting this when you posted the top sheets, which is the next thing I want to talk about for the new season. Yeah. For the justice top sheet, which is just, you said you posted a story or something and it essentially said steal from the greats is that your yeah. general is that generally how you approach design sometimes i think it's easy to to take it's easy and free to take from any piece of classic art because it's in the public domain mm -hmm. so not that if you're starting up making clothes that like anyone's going to sue you but just the idea that like a painting from the 1700s is not protected by any copyright of any kind and can't be so that's a huge swath of things to take from and take inspiration from and you know calling it stealing is an oversimplification but it, it's what it is you it's just like sampling in in rap music or interpolations in in music generally like you take an idea 
that applies to the concept you're going for, alter it in a way that's tasteful and respectful and makes it your own. And adds to it. And adds to it. It's transformative in nature. And that's how art is made, basically. And I didn't really understand that until I was like 26 or 27. Because I was, I was always like, where is everyone getting these fucking ideas? Everyone has so many ideas. And then I was like, oh, you just take them. <laughs> but in a way that's authentic and adds to it and makes it your own, you know? Yeah. And you, that's open for debate, what that means, of course. Of course, there's always... There's always like allegations of stealing ideas in the clothing world where it's like too much. It's too close. It's you didn't, it, it basically equates to you didn't change this enough. Mm -hmm. You are lazy is usually the argument. Yeah. Well, I think that goes for any creative endeavor, right? Like you, somebody hits the same street spot that was in a different video, Right. If you're not doing something different. Like if you're, and if you're doing literally the exact same trick, then it's like, that's a problem. Yeah, it's like, did you even do anything? Well, dude, yeah, I guess depending on the era, you're you're the era you're from in skiing. It, I don't think it's. I think there's less like rule like rules in skiing now than ever before, as far as like the guidelines of the guidelines of street skiing that I have always abided by and found found valuable are maybe not as valuable to younger people now, which is interesting to me. Um building rails on the wrong side that's that kind of thing but when you you know you got to let the youth be the youth i guess i don't want to be like an old man yells at cloud kind of guy like you can do it if you want to what's what's the rule breaking that you see right now that you know some of it you can overlook but is there anything that any rules being broken right now that actually uh, bother you rules guidelines not rules there's no rules yeah but... of course yeah there's no you're not gonna get a fine for for breaking an unspoken rule i would love it i would love it if when when you young whippersnappers hit a street rail i would really love it if you built the jump on the inside of the rail over the stairs i would really do it for me do it for me come on please if you don't want to don't i don't whatever live your life but i just think it looks a lot better it's more difficult to do that which is the point in my opinion in my in my opinion that is not gatekeeping bullying in any way in my opinion i would like it if you built the jumps on the inside of the rails please Beautiful. And if that means hitting it, hitting it lip or hitting it unnatural, that's what you do. Exactly. That's the thing is that's the thing is that it's a rule. It's a rule. It's a guideline that will only improve the quality of the thing that you are doing. So that's why I think it's important. That's interesting. So what, like learn yeah, to slide it lefty. If, if there's a cool rail, or do a lip slide like that's with that being said do whatever you want i'm never gonna comment i'm never gonna be in the comments like 
jumps on the wrong side doesn't count. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But just for me, for me, your uncle, go ahead and build those jumps on the inside. Yeah. Okay. Word. Um, I love that. I love, I love that. What do you think about, what about just no lip at all? Like straight up natty speed and then you just jump higher, just simply jump higher from the inside. That's see, that's like really, really hard. Yeah. Really hard. Uh, there's only a couple skiers that I can think of that made it a point to like show that. Frank Raymond is the only one that I, that I can think of. Mm-hmm. But if you know Maude Raymond, the, the Armada skier, it's her older brother. It's from when I was like 14 years old, probably. But he, every rail he hits, he doesn't build a jump like at all. And yeah. to the, to the casual observer, it's just like, this dude's just like sliding down rails. This is not impressive. He's just like sliding down rails. But if you have tried to do that, it's crazy. Yeah. He's jumping like three feet in the air from flat. Yeah. But those are the types of videos that get like barely any views because you have to be trained to understand. It's like an obscure piece of art where you're like, no, 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 this is impressive because of this. And then a normal person watches it and goes, how is that any different from this other video? Yeah, exactly. Uh, There's, there's like (sighs) rules. Some, you know, you know, some, sometimes something that me and Dylan Manley, my dear friend, Dylan, who I told to be here for this, <laughs> and he went to, he went skiing instead. So that shows oh. you, shows you his, his, no, it was the last second, but <laughs> something that I argue with him a lot is he hates, he wants to make sure the jump is small. And I'm kind of like, dude, it doesn't have to be this tiny, like you can build a bit bigger of a jump if it makes things easier for the sake of the clip so like if you're doing something for example let's say you're doing something that's like in a row in a line like you're hitting a closeout you're dropping down to a rail right you want to make it as easy on yourself as possible to get on that closeout safely while being tasteful in the you know and it's it's kind of just a thing where you just got to call it when you see it, I guess. You look at the jump and you say, this is too much jump. We look. The whole point is that to show that you have the skills, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm contradicting myself left and right here because they're not rules. They're guidelines. Right. And the, it's the same thing with any other guideline, any other unspoken rule. When you're yeah. good enough, you when you're mastering your craft, you abide by the rules. And then when you're a master, you break them. You break them in a tasteful manner. Tasteful. Yeah, the key is tasteful, I guess. Yeah. It just reminds me of golf sometimes with like etiquette. Where it's like things that if you don't abide, it's like whatever. Fine. Yeah. But other people that do abide are going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, don't walk in my putt line. Right. It's not, is it the end of the world? No, but it's just something that like, but you could argue that that's like a gatekeeper kind of like keeping people out of it type thing. 
but I don't feel that way. I just want you to make the coolest thing that you possibly can. Yeah. Cool to me, though. Not necessarily to you. I'm the old head. You get to pick. You young people get to pick what's cool. It's your turn. I had my turn. I'm not going to, like, interfere with you picking what's cool. I'm just saying from my old head point of view that maybe I got a couple. I got a couple suggestions, you know? Yeah. And the tough part about Emma is he's not going to comment on your Instagram and say, this is whack. He'll just see it, think to think it to himself. And then you won't know how he feels about your clip. Yeah. But who cares, dude? <laughs> who cares what I think? Dude, fuck. <laughs> who cares? I, you um, know, that's kind of where I, that's where kind of I fall on it these days. Like I still love street skiing. I'm still passionate about it. I still look at stuff. I still look at every video, but ultimately, I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah. You know, well, I got, two, I got two of your questions. We can take this either way. Let's sure. do, let's do the, let's do this one. Matt, what are your opinions on social media posting for skiers? Clearly, you like to consume it, but what do you what do you think about it? <coughs> this is something that's talked to death, so please skip over it if you if you'd like to. But you're the old head. We got to find out what you think about this right. new development. Right. Um, I think that if your Instagram posting comes off as organic as as in like you're doing it, you're you're posting on your social media when you want to how you want to and you're not doing it out of like an obligation um hmm. there are certain people in the ski world many of the a lot more than you'd think i guess who are financially obligated to post things mm. So you sign a contract with a company and they say, we need three posts per month from you in exchange for whatever goods, money. So then that, that social media, that posting has been commodified then. Um, it's an obligation. And I think that's where you start to get stale uninspired i had to post as soon as as soon as it's like i have to post this <laughs> then it's out then then the magic is gone yeah to me so like oh it's fucking it's the 26th i gotta get two posts off before the end of the month or i don't get my whatever and you know that when you see or at least i know that when i see it and that sucks and that's something that I will never do to anyone that skis for Vishnu ever, mm -hmm. ever, ever, ever. I'm never going to obligate you because it doesn't work. As soon as you, everyone is so obsessed with fucking analytics and shit, but younger kids now, they know when they're being marketed to, they know when they're being finessed, they know mm -hmm. not going to trick them. I don't, you're not going to trick kids. They're going to watch a video of you, like a sponsored by rockstar Instagram post, And they're going to be, 
they're they're seeing through it is what i'm saying yeah like well, you said see- you said something last time you were here that stuck with me you said i want to sponsor or maybe it wasn't sponsor people but you're like people should have a real life presence more so than a social media presence yeah still you still abide by that yeah definitely definitely and i mean as far as business goes as far as i i still think that's the right way to do it mm-hmm. social media will get people aware of you but i don't know it's hard to stand out it's hard to stand out you got to really do something truly different lest you become like a blind six off and up rail uh wearing tom wallish pros type skier which i would like to point out this is an opinion of mine does not reflect on the sponsors or the hosts of this show i'd like to be i'd like to be clear there that this is what i think about that but yeah a lot of homogenization you know i think my thoughts on social media is that there's nothing there's hardly anything more cringe than someone with a strong social media presence yep and a weak in-person presence that means you know Big music, big tricks. I mean, it's, it's one thing to be, you know, a shy guy and have big tricks, but if you have a huge online personality and in person, you have trouble speaking to strangers. Yeah. I look at that. I'm like, that's a problem, pal. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah. And Not just in skiing, in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is that that is beyond skiing. That is like people you meet at college have that issue. It's easy to create a character, you know? on your yeah. on on your phone yeah yeah i i can think of a lot of people that are like that <laughs> i'm sure. sure everyone listening knows someone like that and there's a few people listening worrying that they're like that i have i don't have a single person in mind when i'm saying that in the ski world out of the ski world maybe outside the, maybe outside the ski world i have one or two people in mind but regardless um me neither i would never be negative i'm walking with the lord i'm in yeah. the throne room and I'm walking. I'm I'm peace and positivity. I gotta peace so bad. One second. Go for it. Please hold into the throne. Now we wait. Did you hear me pee? I could not hear you pee, but the the door blends into the background and then reappears when you open it. True. I just walked into the throne room, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what happens when you interview people over thirty. There's gonna need to be pee breaks throughout. Dude, yeah. I mean, I'm just over caffeinated today. You know. Um, here's a thought for you. Now that we're back from the pre-break, um, Emma Davis Radio Hour. Uh, this is what I've thought about, man. And it's weird. Like going out skiing. It's like I, I'm trying to figure out the way to put it into words. Like it's kind of it's just stuntman shit half the time. You know, like when you're a little kid growing up. Hey, let's get a video camera and do jackass stuff. And then yeah. it seems like skiing is kind of like an extension of that. Like, do you think that people will be out? Why is it that like you're not doing tricks basically unless it's on camera? Like, do you think that you that there's that you could really just do it for the love of doing the trick, or does it always have to be on camera? Because if I'm going balls to the wall, I gotta have it on video because I'm not doing it if I can't relive it through that video. Man, I mean, I. I see people ski like that 
Dylan Manley skis like that. Like just no, just hey, don't even bother clipping this. I'm just gonna go for it. Yes. Yeah, watch this, and then and then. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe that's some, maybe that's something that's been lost with time. Like the, that phrase, "Yo, watch me do this," and right. you just do it for the three people that are there. Yeah, because now it's so easy to film it. It's like, why not film it? It's fun. It's fun to film, especially. I got a new phone. I was on a boot. I ran Vishnu for the first six years on an iPhone seven, and uh, I just got a new phone. And filming with it is so damn fun. So. Yeah. But again, like it's 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 the obligation thing that you're describing. You yeah. should you should film your skiing because you're on the lift and you're like, damn, my boots feel good today. I wonder what I could get done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not like I have to film, I have to do a cork five or a cork seven blunt because I will lose follower if I don't. I need to, you know what I mean? Like that is like not the way. Yeah. And like, and the cool. day will be ruined if I don't get the clip. And if you mess up the shot, right. oh, it needs to be fun. It needs to be. It needs to be purposefully not trying hard, because that's when magic happens. Yeah, that's when truly cool things happen. Is when it's like, fuck it, I'll film it. Sure, you know. Yeah, and it that it's something that's hard to put in words, but yeah. it, that feeling needs to be communicated. Yeah. I, and I'd like that you brought up Dylan. I love watching Dylan's videos. And I love it even more to know that he is he's that guy that's just like, yo, watch this shit. Don't film it. Yeah. Whatever. Who yeah. cares? He'll be like this happens all the time where he'll be like, Could you film me? And I'll be like, I left my phone in the car. I leave my phone in the car like most of the time. And he's like, fuck, I did too. All right, whatever. And then he just does it anyway. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. Because um, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun, dude. Yeah. doesn't have to be this pressurized clout scratch, you know? Just chill out, chill out. Easy. So, or, okay. or do, you know what's fun? You should just try tricks for yourself. Yeah. That's, that's quite the concept, bro. You don't like, you just said that you're, if you're going balls to the wall, you need it to be filmed. No, don't film, do yeah. it for you. Climb the mountain and tell no one it's good for you. It really is. It really, it really is. It really is. You got work. You got work off one day, go to the mountain on a weekday alone. Yeah. And do some shit and eat then go shit. home. Yeah, yeah. Eat shit and just <laughs> sit there in pain alone on the mountain. Like I, I do cry. it. I did it like yesterday. I do it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can do, you haven't done a switch tails in like almost 10 years. See if you can do it. No, you can't. Now your back <laughs> hurts for three weeks. That's, that's, you know, that's what it is. Ugh. It's fun though. That's great. I wish, you know, I was going to try to set it up so Dylan could hop in here but and surprise you. And then I'd play like the like the Steve Austin like glass shatter, oh, yeah. bonnet. But I'm not. That would be the perfect setup. But I, that is not happening. That would um, be sick, dude. No, I think he's probably skiing at Woodward. Uh, switch on front two. Speaking of Dylan, will we see any Dylan Manley content soon? Guy is a stud. That was yeah, switch Dylan, on front two. Dylan's my favorite skier, other than me. 
uh, he, he has the type of thing where Dylan's got that undeniable. If there's a group of 10 skiers who are all equally skilled, Dylan will stick out in the bunch because he's very, he's unique and insane. And we've, we, yeah, we've been filming a, a street skiing video since 2021-ish. And Dylan's got a part in it that is pretty fucking very good. Very, very good. Um, yeah, been fil- been filming. We've gone to Minnesota twice, filmed a little bit in Utah. Uh, it's Dylan doing shit that's like concerning. <laughs> Especially the first clip and a couple other ones are like, dude, what the fuck? was that it's like throwing a cat out a window <laughs> but he lands on his feet dude he uses his arms as like whisker you know as like yeah 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 to get back into place well yeah. when i was doing a little research prior to this i just went through the the vishnu instagram yeah and just even his bone zone follow cam you guys did yeah where he's just going so fast for no reason and so big for no reason yeah it's just so hard dude (laughs) hard body as fuck bro he's just that that was the only time we filmed that that was a single clip that was the only thing we filmed all that whole day yeah that's just how he is dude and it's not until you move to somewhere like utah or colorado or certain places on the east coast i guess where you see people like that ski it's like crazy. Yeah. Speaking of Salt Lake, <clears throat> Zach Pfeiffer, when he was on, his hot take was that he left Salt Lake because there's too many cool guys. Yeah. What do you think about that one? Um, because I'm going to say something controversial here. I'm no, say something controversial here. Lay it on me. Some of them might be using your skis. You know, hey, listen, I'm edgier. I'm edgier than every other motherfucker wearing Vishnu's here. You know, yeah. And we actually, I think we actually might have talked about this last time. If that's the case, that's unfortunate. But no, uh, I think I think we talked about you being a little surprised when you moved out here and you saw how some people behave. You being a Midwest kid. Yeah, I I I think a lot of it is projection of yourself of your insecurities onto other people seeing people as negative when they're they're not really oh that's interesting i like that that's how it's developed for me over the years as i've gotten older and realized like what i really what's really going on um but there are cool guys there are there are people that just because they are good at skiing they think that means something when it doesn't you know yeah like people that are like i happen to be really good at this one activity and that makes me elevated compared to you that is definitely an attitude that exists and that's crazy as fuck dude that's so dumb i did yeah i don't (laughs) yeah it's skiing is so inconsequential like in life oh yeah man you give it like more than 30 seconds of thought you're like that, that, I mean, that's where I was coming from with like the stunt yeah. man, like filming, you know, it's just like, dude, why, yeah. like, why are we, why are we doing this? 
Yeah. So then why be cool guy? Why be, why feel superior to people because of your skill set? That's just strange to me. Yeah. But, but I've, I've noticed a lot of it in hindsight. I was just insecure about my own, whatever, you know? Yeah. And you're like, like I you, wasn't. you think that they're an asshole, even though you never even spoken to them. Right. Yeah. Because you're projecting your own insecurities listen dude i pay fucking 350 dollars a month for better health therapy okay i'm fucking <laughs> i'm learning dude i'm learning so that's what i have to say about that it's probably all on, it's mostly in your head mostly mostly yeah unless you go to brighton if you go to brighton you'll feel it from the snowboarders dude damn Dude, that's something that that's something we can unpack. That's something we never even talked about, bro, on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, the snowboarders mean to you at Brighton, Emma, dude. They're like, mean to me. Okay, they bully. No, they we're we're visitors there. It's it's a snowboard resort. There's no question about it. You're a visitor. Mind your manners. I guess. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I don't know anything at all about snowboarding at all well luckily if you go to brighton you probably won't even get up there because it's like a four-hour drive up the canyon and standstill traffic and you'll probably just end up turning around and going home so yeah you don't even have to worry about it i've been there once and it was ice cold it was just terrible yeah i don't ski there because it's too cold yeah it was it was freezing yeah um all right let's uh we'll switch it up we'll switch it up People love the top sheets. There are a lot of questions about these top sheets. I don't mean to bring you in to talk about work, but no, not at all. Not at all. You gotta talk about these top sheets. You gotta talk about these top sheets. Oh yeah. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I got a lot of nervous ticks. (laughs) Oh, you're good. No, you're good, bro. Um, let's, let's keep it broad. Let's keep it broad. Then we'll go specific muffin tops. Where do you get the ideas for your top sheets? Muffin tops. I know that. I know that name. Yep. Young gun uh, getting after it. I know. Um, lots of practice of just knowing, knowing. What would look, what would look good and just being ready to capture an idea. Mm-hmm. Having a, for me, it's like a mental shelf. For other people, it's like uh, they literally write it down in a book. But just anything that sparks your interests, that makes your sort of your creative feelers go off, bookmark that in your mind or write it down on a piece of paper. And then you'll come back to it later and you'll be like, why did I think that? And then you'll be like, oh, but what if I did this? Oh, but what about that? That's kind of how it works for me. Yeah. So, my favorites, my favorites in my yeah. phone is really what it is. Dude, I do that for a lot of stuff. Most of this yeah. podcast is built from screenshots and then put it into my favorites album. And then yeah, yeah. you get reminded of it enough, and then you finally act on it. Right, exactly. So I'd say like making a making a list really is where ideas come from. Anything that sparks your creative gets your gets you going a little bit. You're like, ooh, that's cool. Oh, what about that? Mm. Document it because you are you're in a time and place where you think it's cool and you might not be in that time and place and remember it or whatever. So, yeah. 
Do you have any stuff like in the moment where you're like, yep, this is it. This is a top sheet. And Dude, then given just... 24 hours of clarity, you're like, this is absolutely not a top sheet. This, I don't yes. know what I was thinking. Happens all the time. <laughs> is there anything that stands out in particular as a, a bust? Um, I'm working on one. Right. Yeah. Well, usually I'm in the right, I'm in the right area. I just don't execute properly. Mm-hmm. So like I got one right now that I'm doing where I'm trying to take pictures of marbles. Like, you know, like old school. Yeah. Marbles. And I just, I set it up and I took the picture and I was like, these colors are way off. I just do a lot of drafts, a lot of drafts. Like if by the time that I put the, the top sheet out, I've probably done and redone it like four or five times. Usually other times though, it's just a one take thing. Mm-hmm. So it all depends. Does anything stand out as a one taker? Yeah. The concrete one from last year was just one. I took a picture I took on an accident. And then like, Damn. I got one this year where just now where I went out to get the mail and there was like a, per- just a really aesthetically pleasing puddle. And I happened to have like a can of gas in the, garage and i just like poured gas in the puddle and it spreads out all like rainbowy and then i just had the camera and took the picture and that was it but the only reason that i remembered that is because i had a favorited picture of a gas puddle that i saw in cleveland i was just walking at a spot and was like wouldn't that be neat took a picture saved it to favorites many months later the opportunity arises and i execute yeah you know i mean that hit me right there saving an idea sitting on an idea for months if not years and then having the right opportunity oh man yeah you're gonna catch lightning in a bottle sometimes but even when you do catch lightning in a bottle like there's usually some sort of planning that went into it even if you don't even if you don't realize it yeah man I'll write down ideas and then years later won't be able to ex- like they'll they'll have to sit for a while. Yeah. But dude, I think most good shit, most things, you know, some things it's like opportunities right here, never thought of this before, boom, I'm gonna take it. Yeah, but I think yeah. a lot of things require putting in the time, waiting it out. Let me let me throw something at you. Yeah. <laughs> One that certainly took some time. Where'd you guys get the the beadwork top sheet? Because there's no way that that was a, you know easy hey let's do this tomorrow i got it right here Emmett's stepping away for a moment into the the throne room i'm rummaging i'm rummaging hold it right in front of your face so we can see it yeah there we go so that is the original beadwork design yep so let's hear it Okay, so this is another case of the of the iPhone favorites. I went to the um, Utah Museum of Fine Arts with my brother and my nephews probably three years ago. And on the top floor, they have a whole native, uh, it's called Native Voices. It's like a permanent installation of various native artwork from the area. 
and I saw a pair of moccasins that had beads and I was like, wow, that's fucking so sick. And I took a picture of it. And then I realized like, it's just not very tasteful to just, to just jack like culturally significant artwork like that. So I was like, I can't just, I can't just in good faith, like rip that and do it. You know, it's not very nice. It's just wet. It's just, you know, not authentic and kind of, kind of lame. Cause this is an important art form to people and you can't just take people's shit like that when it has like religious cultural meaning, mm-hmm. especially with the history of, of us whites and the native Americans in the United States. Not great. Yeah. Not great. So I kind of put the idea on the back burner and I was like, well, that would be cool, but I can't do it. You know, it just wouldn't be right. But then Ben Karkowski shouts out Karko skier. His wife is a Mohawk a native American who lives in uh, upstate New York and her little sister is uh, a beadwork artist. And so I commissioned her. I was like, you know, the, the heavens parted. And I was like, there is a way to do this. That is good. You know, that isn't, that isn't like, like what it is, is cultural appropriation, but more so it's just like disrespectful to just Mm -hmm. like rip something like that. If it's not coming from the real place and that she's, she's young. She's like 19. This is like the craziest thing that she's ever tried to do she restarted it like six different times it came out as you can see i mean this is my most valuable thing that i own that's incredible yeah as far as yeah it's just crazy it's like a year worth of work basically Mm -hmm. yeah i paid her uh i paid her fairly and got her a pair a couple pairs of skis and then i donated some money from the proceeds of the skis to her local, uh, her local like outreach center, um, at her res at her, the reservation that she's from, um, just because I didn't want it, you know. I did. It's corny to just be a white guy that's ripping off ideas from, from Native Americans and then not fucking giving back and not doing shit, just being like, I'll take that idea. Thank you very much. You know that's something that i wanted to avoid it's just not nice kind of it's just disrespectful and i'm sure some people would argue with that some people would be like i'm a fucking liberal cuck whatever but <laughs> like i think that if there's one group of people all all groups of people in the united states need to be respected and valued but in particular america white people in america have fucked native americans so hard if there's any group that needs special understanding and compassion, you know, yeah. read, a book, read a book. Well, it's also like when you're diving into another culture like that, where you don't know what certain symbols mean, it's like getting a tattoo in a language you don't speak. And then being like, I just, I hope that it means what I want it to mean, you know? Yeah. And I understand that it's, it could be perceived as hypocritical. Like I am a white dude profiting off of native American artwork mm-hmm. under a company called Vishnu. Right. 
<laughs> but I think the way that I went about it is pretty respectful and brings brings glory to the original thing. You know, it's this girl who's doing an art form that was taught to her by her grandma that, it, you know, it's it's nice. It's nice and feel good. And it's yeah, I'm with it. I like it. I think. It, I'll in hindsight, it'll be the thing that I'm most proud of like for the company, like that top sheet just in general is just special, pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Point of clarification, when I mentioned that a company called Vishnu, that is not at all to say that that Vishnu comes from Native American culture. It was just saying that it's oh, another, it's another culture that is that you're drawing. No, from. you were just pointing out my my habit of serial appropriation, which yeah, pretty much, which I'm okay with. Yeah. In which we discussed in episode 28 or whatever it was. I'm self, I mean, I'm self-aware. I'm not out here acting like I'm fucking more virtuous than thou by any means, but I just, there was a certain way that this beadwork top sheet needed, it needed to be gone about. Yeah. I think I did it correctly. I would tend and to. And in a way, a way that helps me sleep at night. Yeah. Basically. And it's not. And ski companies have done Native American top sheets before. Yeah. And I think you did it in a way that not only looks cool as hell, but is also done right, you know? Thanks. I yeah. mean, I, yeah. So I like, the, I like that top sheet. And we got a question from August. Would you ever consider bringing back old top sheets for custom skis like ON3P does? Oh, my Lord. Uh, I'll never do a custom top sheet. Uh, I don't think ever. But... I do have a an old top sheet that I'm going to redo for this spring. So redone, but not the same. Or are yes. you talking about literally the same? A different interpretation of the same thing, I would call it. Interesting. Um, so, uh, but yeah, as far as like custom top, I'm not really. I don't have the means to do that, and even if I did, it would be too expensive for you, and it's just not. Mm -hmm. it's not worth it i make nine different top sheets every year you can there's some to pick from yeah if there was hey listen if there's someone with a huge bag and they're saying i want this specific top sheet from this year and i'll pay whatever it costs are you open to that uh everybody's got a price <laughs> there you go. if you want if you want something from the first year it could be done but then emma then emma wouldn't have to work for a year give me fifty thousand dollars <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I think I'll leave that to other companies. I'll, I'll leave the custom thing to other companies that have the means to do it and do it. And that's, mm. that's all them for sure. Yeah. I got another one for you. Sloppy Joe. Have you ever thought about doing a best photography for top sheets contest? And I'm going to expand that question ever. Anything crowdsourced? Would you ever do a crowdsourced top sheet type gig? No, no. Only I think that. Mind. Yeah, I mean, I think that communicates it. It's cool. I'm not knocking it, but I think that, well, I guess I am knocking it. When you, psych, when you, uh, I think when you have a custom or crowdsourced thing, it can turn out great, right? But I think the greater message from the company is that they're out of ideas sometimes. Mm -hmm. The crowdsourced thing is something you do when you don't have something clear that you want to do already um so i have 
those ideas so like i but again it's a cool thing uh to get involved to get people involved you know i'm not trying to sound like a pretentious dickhead here even though i am but i you know i i just like i same with the other one like other companies do that great i'm good you know yeah, it's just you're just doing it your way not everybody yep. has to do it the exact same yep. way very stubborn very uh reticent to change but yeah you know look at this this that's guy good. that's better help this episode of the emmett davis radio are sponsored by better help yeah for real <laughs> you like how i'm being uh i'm i'm withholding dude not too much but not certainly not too much but you're you're choosing your words wisely Ooh, i'm being diplomatic i'm a diplomat womp womp yeah um okay here's a very in the weeds you know specific business questions how do you pick the number of skis per year per style are you a big math guy and that was from nick do i look like a big math guy <laughs> no. you could be like an mit guy walking around with that with that gray zip up you know that's like the only yeah. thing you wear you just walk i around got the i got the o4 babe too i don't know if you fuck with that but <laughs> I got I got bathing ape that I wanted to get when I was 12 and instead I bought it when I was 30 which is pretty funny. Uh but it's actually from 04 though. Is it long sleeve or short sleeve? Long sleeve. That's well, kind of fire. It's extremely fire, pardon me. Okay. Uh so wait, what was the question, my bad? How many how do you pick Oh, math. Yeah, math. the math on the number of skis that you make per style per year. Um I do a lot of drafts. I do a lot of wake up in the morning type all type out all, all the amounts revisit it a couple of days later fuck that was way off you know mm -hmm. generally speaking um yeah i don't have any real there's no algorithm if that answers your question it's just yeah. what i think what i think will move and i'm wrong ish sometimes not super wrong but do you ever not sell out not so far not so far got yeah. a lot of 189 i got a, i got too many 189s this year mm -hmm. but i think they'll go eventually yeah but for now like all the wets right now like all the wets are gone all the keys except a couple 189 and 169 and then all the wides basically so beautiful yeah i'm guessing i'm guessing is, is answer to that question yeah here's a separate question the yeah. plus this year has a little backstory behind it yeah the lucky ones that are on social media too much they saw that that was supposed to be the rolex top sheet it was what happened dude i'm just dumb i'm just dumb i don't know <laughs> i just get so excited and i think something's so cool and i just get like hyper fixated and i don't think about the repercussions of anything until it's too late so i like made the whole watch top sheet i made it probably like 80 percent. wasn't even really done with it yet and posted it then i deleted it because i was like this isn't done mm -hmm. but it was too late and then it was it was very polarizing top sheet to say the least uh and then And I was like, wait a second, fuck. I don't want to get in trouble. And so then I called a lawyer and he was like, don't do this. <laughs> don't do this. 
And I was like, wait, but it's cool. No, don't do it. And I was like, aw. So the combination of it being polarizing and then also the added risk. It's good to be polarizing, but not too polarizing. Jeez, uh, so you were getting, you were, were you catching some heat for this one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what does that look like? What does that look like in your world, catching heat? Is that like, is that your super fan saying, hey, Emmett, I still absolutely love this one. I just love it less than the other ones. Or is it people saying, this sucks bad? That one. <laughs> this sucks bad. This dude's out of ideas. This dude, what the fuck are you doing? It's like every, yeah. I've I've learned not to let it get to me too much over the years. Uh, but, you know, when you make an idea that you're proud of and then it gets shit on, it sucks for sure. But it's all good. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. My job. I signed up for it. You know, I signed up for it. But if it was like a super polarizing graphic and then also I wasn't potentially in in the realm of copyright issues then i probably would have done it but it was like those things together that were like all right fuck it yeah and do you feel like the puffy like you phoned it in with the puffy or was the puffy just like hey like this is my second idea that i wanted to do for this um no uh, well maybe both i don't know i still like i like it a lot I th uh, yeah i think i think it looks good but i wasn't sure where that landed in your mind of like creativity i always got a backup you know mm -hmm. i always got a backup I always have I always have something that will fit the vibe that I'm going for if the first thing doesn't work or the second thing doesn't work or the third, you know. So mm -hmm. it was just kind of like what was next in the rotation that could be done. Yeah, and I'll take it, you know. Like that, I'll take it. Let's see, let's see if we got plenty of tops. I really questions. wanted to do the Rolex one though, dude. It sucks. Why? Why don't you just do a Vishnu watch? Vishnu items watch, like a nice watch. It's possible, like, like two of them, because I yeah. want one at least. Are you a watch guy? I don't know. I'm looking to buy a good one. I have a twelve dollar Casio crapper from Amazon right now. That's a, that's easy though. I like that one. Yeah, so I'm looking to get something a little bit nicer. What are we looking? For? What are we looking at? What are we talking? Dude, the Polar, the Rolex Polar. Okay. That one's pretty nice. Explorer 2, white-faced, silver band. Okay. You're going to start investing? Costs a pretty penny. Costs a pretty penny. It's not cheap. But I'm the type of guy, if you buy something, I just want to buy, like, one and then wear it to death. Like, yeah. literally, like potentially literally. I just wear it for, like, fucking 60 years straight. I don't, need to, I don't need the whole collection of watches or shoes or whatever. Yeah, I think there's a misconception. Like, that's what those luxury that's what those things are for like yeah you buy a uh you buy a four thousand dollar bag and you have it the rest of your life and that's the bag you use right. it's not something that sits in your closet like you just buy it and then you use it that's what it's supposed to be yeah uh not a four thousand dollar bag but you know what i mean you buy yeah. something you buy a nice ass pair of shoes whatever it is yeah See, I like to buy nice stuff and then like ruin it. I think I get a kick out of that. No, it's what you do. Tools, not jewels. You buy and it's so much so much easier with technical equipment. Any outdoor gear, it's like, well, I bought it to use it, you know? But when it's yeah. not outdoor gear, it's a lot tougher to be like, I'm gonna beat the crap out of this t shirt. 
Yeah, I bought a pair of Prada snow pants and then I ripped them climbing over a barbed wire fence. And I thought, I was like, hell yeah, that's kind of sick, actually. <laughs> you know, just like buy something nice, ruin it. Why not? You can't take it with you, dude. Yeah. Guac socks. How many, how many Prada, uh, excuse me, guac socks. How many Prada items do you own now? Uh, man, yeah, I'm a Prada fanboy for sure. I just would like a sponsorship uh by the by the italians hook me up um i got uh like three four four i like prada because it's the quintessential italian snob brand yeah they never covered everything in logos they never uh it was owned by the prada family up until very recently like it is the originator of that type of family business if you will yeah where it's like one family is actually right it's not run by like a huge conglomerate it may be now more so but uh it's just understated and i like it a lot i like it a lot you get what you pay for in a way the thing is that i'm not buying prada from fucking prada i'm like buying like old one like old shit from people on it instagram pretty much yeah so like the pants that i got they retail for like eighteen hundred dollars probably two thousand dollars <laughs> but i got them for 250 because the zipper was broken yeah and then i had my pal kyson hall aspire hire check it out i had my pal kyson hall put a zipper on there so i got this pair of luxury pants for what you'd get a regular pair of snow pants you just gotta know where to look yeah you, know, you don't have have to go to the Prada store and buy a five thousand dollar puffer. You can look and find high quality shit that someone has already owned, and and then pretend that you spent a bunch of money on it. That's the. I mean, come on. That's the key. That's and then ruin it, and then ruin it. Ruin That's it. The finale. That's yeah. Yes. Ruin it. It's fun. Uh, let's let's bring this to a place of negativity. What? So you like Prada? So you know under you know understated. Yeah. Not not logos everywhere. What's a luxury brand where you're like? no thank you you know hey you're a big name brand no thanks because that is ugly you know however whatever reason you just like it for is there any brand that sticks out to you in the fashion world that you're just like whatever um remember hold on i go to therapy hold on uh <laughs> uh like big fashion like louis vuitton probably yeah you're just like gross depends what you get if you're a lot of those companies have learned have learned to finesse big time like the the louis carry all the five thousand dollar one i mean it's literally pvc plastic painted with logos so yeah. you're not buying leather you're not buying craftsmanship you're not you're just not you're buying it for the brand to flex which god bless you flex away yeah but just know what you're getting like look into it a little bit I like that. as far as local ones i don't know man yeah no comment <laughs> oh you wanted to bring it to the real negative spot what's oh, a branded yeah. skiing you hate <laughs> yeah no comment we'll, we'll, we'll you know hey listen we're not trying to undo all the money that you've spent on your mind yeah. you know? no yeah i'm i'm like i said i'm walking with the lord i'm in the throne yeah. room being positive yeah. <laughs> there's plenty though there's plenty
Oh, it sucks talking to someone that thinks in shades of gray rather than black and white. Like the black and white people are so so easy to get a great sound bit. Hey, this shit sucks. No no further comment. Uh yeah. I mean maybe the only one that I would I would say I'm not writing off Pit Viper completely. <laughs> but odds are good if I see you out and you're wearing Pit Vipers, I don't I don't want I probably don't want to talk to you. <laughs> maybe probably maybe not hey i'm probably you know what i'm doing i'm projecting you are i'm projecting my own insecurities that i'm not swagged out enough to wear to wear pit vipers i guess yeah shots out to pit viper here's the thing i got people that i care about that are i'm friends with that work there and shit yeah. so i'm i'm with it it's all jokes okay we're just, just we're just all... goofing off I'm goofing off, dude. We're goofing off into our next goofy little segment. Yeah. Let's go to our next goofy segment, sponsored by Capital One. How much money do you make in a year? <laughs> I would love, I would love if it if it went, that would be the segment that everyone would tune into. Just anyone that's on the show. All right, right off the bat, how much money do you make? Because that's what uh, people want to know from, especially you're talking to comp skiers, you're talking to people with big sponsorships. Those are the people who are like, dude, just say it. Just say how much you make. But then people will go um, on the power movement and be like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. My tax returns say that I that Emmett Davis, the person, mm -hmm. made um seventy three thousand dollars last year, I believe. <laughs> here's the thing though. Um our, our new segment's going great so far. Here's the thing though, it's different. It's different because Vishnu doesn't have any investors there are no investors so like the profits that i make that money i just said goes yeah. into you have my living expenses which are like at the poverty line ish and then everything else goes right back in because i don't have a loan that i'm like slowly paying off like it's just it's all cash so yeah i make as much as i need to live which is like 20 whatever the pot like slightly above probably like 24 that whatever it is and then the rest of that money goes towards like the down payment for the skis literally yeah just reinvest it into the company right away yeah yeah so i don't make i make enough money to live to eat food um that's about it you know and you have I'm, roommates. Not, I'm not getting rich by any means dude you don't even want to know you don't even want to know where I live, bro. Oh, all right. I'll get into it. I'm living. Uh, I'm living in a motorcycle garage, currently. That's our and that's our next segment, by the way. Sponsored by Zillow. What is your home address? Yeah. No. I'm. Uh, I'm what they call housing insecure, technically speaking. Whoa. Um. I went into. I moved out of my old spot, and I was like, I started reading too much philosophy stuff. There's this dude named Albert Camus who says like the only he says the only way that you can reach improve really experience improvement as a as a person is if you purposely put yourself in difficult situations. And I agree with I, that. okay, so what I was thinking was, all right, I already rent a place to make clothes in. It's a ten by fifteen foot room in the front of a a motorcycle garage, uh, with no kitchen, no shower. There's a bathroom, no, no heat. Uh, what if I moved in there and live there? Yeah. You may be asking me, isn't that illegal? Mind your business. Yeah. 
mind your own business. How about that? Isn't it illegal to live in a building that's zoned for business? I don't, do I look like a lawyer? <laughs> no. Did I ever say I was smart? No. Okay. So I live in this, but anyways, uh, allegedly, I should say, I live in this, uh, in this motorcycle garage in, in South Salt Lake. Um, I have no shower. I have to go to the gym to shower. I have no kitchen. I uh, have an instant pot and a pancake griddle that I found in the garbage. I have two mini fridges. Um, and that's about, that's about it. Uh, I'm not living here out of necessity. I'm doing it because I want to. I feel like I'm, a, I feel like a monk. Yeah. That is take very away, monk-like of you. Take away all of your perceived comforts and see what happens. Yeah. And I've been doing it for about eight months and, uh, I'm over it, but it's been good. <laughs> have you noticed a shift in your life? based on your new living arrangements. Yes. Yes. I'm much more understanding of other people. Yeah. Uh, when I used to go places and I would, there'd be like a smelly guy somewhere. It would like piss me off. I'd be like, what the fuck you fucking smell. You're in public. What the fuck? Now I'm the smelly guy in public. Yeah. So, I get it. I'm much more like understanding. I'm much more, you know, it's like I'm doing like poverty tourism really is what people call it. But <laughs> do you feel like I'm you have not... better, do you feel like you have better impulse control now that you're not, um, now that you're not surrounded by comfort at all times? Yes. But that's a side effect. Yeah. Yes. There's no such thing as comfort here. So it's like, I'm either working or sleeping. Mm-hmm. And it's also made it so that I'm forced because I don't want to be in here. Like I go out more. I go, I got into golfing this summer. I, you know, I, I try to get out of the house more. So I'm over it. Like I said, I got to get it. I got to change it up. I'll still keep this as a place to work, but I need to like get an apartment, like a real place to live. But for, it was a good experiment though. Like I feel, uh, I feel like I've developed some grit. Yeah that I didn't have before. I was getting a little soft, getting a little soft, buying too many clothes, too many nice dinners, chilling too much. And I I got up and put myself in, put myself in pre perceived poverty just to do it, just to see what happens. That is very interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's not like normal behavior, but I've never done anything normally. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, I'm so unique. But every step of my life, I do something where it's like, that's pro that's a weird, probably not a good idea. And then I do it and it works. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, you push the limits of what's possible and then realize more to than I thought. But to myself, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like throwing David a Goggins of you. It's like you yeah. got more in you than you thought. I kind of feel like I'm just constantly throwing a football to myself. <laughs> like I'm just throwing it as far as I can and just like trying to catch it. Then that's, then that's pretty much it. I don't yeah. Know. Let's, I love that. We could, we could talk about that all day. That is really <laughs> interesting. Um, let's switch it up. You went out to Mount Hood. 
and you stayed really far away. What do you mean? I th- didn't you stay like an hour and a half down the road in that what what's the town down the road? Oh no, I was in um um I was like probably 20 minutes from the from the entrance to Timberline. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't the impression was, that you were staying much further away. No, nah, I don't I don't it's all kind of it's all kind of a blur when you go to Oregon, dude. Yeah. It's all kind of a blur. It's a special place. I thought you were in oh, let me see. I thought you were in Sandy. That's where I thought you were. No, staying. no. But I would go to Sandy to go to the store and shit cuz it's cheaper. That's probably what it was. Yeah. How was your time at Mount Hood? Man, the uh it's Well, well a, let's let's preface it. How many times have you been there before? Uh, I've been going to Hood every summer or most summers since 20 like 14. There you go. At least so for it, like, at least for a couple weeks. So it's just another regular old trip. Yeah, kind of uh it's a it's a beautiful place, you know. Oregon is a a, a place unlike anywhere really like in the natural world where it's uh it's a temperate rainforest so you'll see it's jurassic park basically in real life yeah and it's a unique place in the in north america there's not really anywhere like it in north america like but like biologically i guess yeah it's pretty much it's pretty much blown though for now i don't know it got it's really crowded it's really crowded compared to how it used to be really and i i don't want to be that like complainer about driving and shit but it's out it's fucking out of control yeah so this is my first time out there it was my first time in may i briefly ran into you i don't know if you remember it on the mountain um had to wait for the bus all morning like lost half the day just because there were so many people and i did not know you had to wake up early yeah it's a bummer um yeah on the one hand, it's uh, the post pandemic people that are into skiing has like exploded and yeah. partly because of the icon pass and partly other things too, but it, which is cool. I'm glad there's more people involved in skiing, but man, back in like 2013 or something on like a weekday, it would just be you and the people you came to Oregon with in the lift line, if you can imagine that. I could not imagine that seeing the lines this year. Like you and like 20 other people. That's that's pretty tight. It was fucking sick. But yeah. you know, it'll never be like that again, really, which is fine. That's life. But yeah, well, I think, you know, I think a lot of the stuff that people picked up during COVID, you know, it reached its peak probably in 2021, 2022. I think it's starting to go down a little bit. You people, think so? were saying, people were like, yeah, I'm kind of over living in a van, you know. I'm kind of overdoing this. You know, the people are kind of falling back into their old ways. Yeah, I, I mean, it I, would be good for the lift. It would be good for lift lines. If yeah. that was the case. But it's also like somewhat greed on the part of the corporations that are running these resorts. Mm-hmm. Not Timberline specifically, because I think that's still a family-owned place. But somewhere like Vail or something that like oversell their season passes knowingly. Mm-hmm. Like they know that they're gonna fuck you <laughs> when it comes time to actually go skiing like they're well aware that yeah. they sold too many passes they don't have enough parking they just don't care 
Yeah. I would love it if one thing that I enjoyed didn't get ruined by corporate greed, but I don't think that's possible. No. The only way to do it is to find something new before it gets ruined. And then once it gets ruined, you find something else. I think that there's going to be somewhere else to ski in the spring this year, I think. I I suspect that that is going to be the case, is that the same vibe, whatever energy you're trying to capture, where you where everyone goes somewhere in the spring and it's fun and the conditions are nice and it's warm, I think that is just going to move, to, which is a bummer because Timberline is beautiful. Timberline is a beautiful location. I would live in Oregon if I could, you know, if I was going to move from Utah, I'd probably live there or Washington state. It's the nice, I mean, it's just an incredible place, mm-hmm. but yeah, like you said, it's, it's more just kind of sad than anything else. I loved it. I Cause I don't, I don't have any point of comparison. Oh, I loved it too. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing is like, if you get past the lift lines, you get past the parking, you get past the driving, all that. Once you get on the Hill. Yeah. It's amazing. It's the best that it could ever be. Yeah. It's just getting up there is like, dude, holy shit. What's your experience like on the hill? Um, Well, at Mount Hood, I can distinctly remember riding down to the parking lot and thinking that was the best day of skiing I've ever had. I'm going to remember this forever. That happens all the time. That's beautiful. It's just getting up there that fucking is like. Yeah. Same. Are people pulling? I, I might have asked you this last time. Are people pulling you to decide? Hey, just wanted to let you know I love Vishnu. You know, Sometimes. younger kids, maybe autograph. You ever sign signing autographs, kissing babies? I would kiss a baby. Uh, I kiss a baby on the forehead. Nah, I I have taken a couple pictures for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I appreciate it. I try not to be too like in Oregon, especially. I try not to be like violently stoned. <laughs> dude oh my goodness you go that's part of vacationing yeah you know, is drug tourism and good lord you can get yourself into some walls are closing in moments up there if you aren't too careful you know <laughs> do you camp still are you a camper or are you just 32 you can't be camping up at no i sleep in my car dude i'm with it yeah oh yeah hell yeah Dude, yeah. maybe I'm getting soft. I love me a nice Govy Airbnb. You go I back, mean, oh, I can lay in a bed. I can shower. That is soft of you, but I respect it. I Dude, respect it's it. soft, but if you can do it, oh my God, why not? I found Big Mount Hood, Big Mount Hood tip. Uh, being able to wash your socks and have clean, it's like in uh, Forrest Gump, like Lieutenant Dan, like clean socks. Yeah, will make your trip in the in the Mount Hood National Forest fifty times better. Like, wash your socks daily when you use them, and it'll change. It changes things day after day. I, that, that that brings back some ski camp memories. Yeah, I went to Liberty Snowflex, and I don't know if you know about Liberty oh, nice. Snowflex. I do. You're riding on carpets, and they have sprinklers going all day, so you are yeah. soaked. So if you don't bring enough gear. You're itchy. Yeah. And red. Yeah. Didn't they have, isn't that like a religious? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah, that was at Liberty University, largest Christian university in the world. They had a ski camp during the summers. Yeah. Optional Bible study before skiing every day. Um, counselors, very big on pushing 
uh, their religious beliefs on you. They love discussions God, yeah. about it. Loves love God, hate hell, very afraid of hell, and they want you to be afraid of it as well. I remember some very distinct like be afraid of hell conversations. Yeah. Do you think that impacted you as a youth, or were you like, why are you guys talking about God? I'm no, I've to- always been. I, I was raised in a Jewish household, so I've always been. Re- religion's always been around me. Hell isn't as big for Jews as it is for Christians, but like you know, I was already familiar with the concepts of like. Is there is there hell? I don't think afterlife is like the big focus in Judaism. Yeah, I think right. it's just it's more about what you do in life more than right. like what's waiting for you afterwards. But I learned quickly that, uh, yeah, the, a, a lot of those counselors were very, very afraid of hell. Yeah, very afraid of hell. It almost yeah. makes you think like that some of them, whenever I meet people like that, that are like hyper religious and really afraid of hell, I'm always like, are you like up to something? Are you yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. And I, hey, listen, I'm not knocking anyone that's religious, you know, but like, it was like, a, that was a big focus a lot of, the, of a lot of the conversations was like how bad hell is. And I'm not saying that hell wouldn't be bad, but like, that was a major focus for like, if you don't do this blind swap right now, you're fucking <laughs> gonna die in hell, dude. That's no, good were, motivation. Dude, there were some counselors that just like totally never brought it up. That, there was a great video project flex that came out that summer I was there. And, uh, it was that it went hard as hell, and not every counselor was on that tip, but there were there were a few, and I remember them. Some of them yeah. are still in skiing too. I know, I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, love God, dude. Hell yeah, <laughs> God, very cool, um, uh, very odd. Yeah, I don't even know if they're still running that camp, but I was driving through Virginia, stopped by the mountain is exactly the same. It's an awesome spot. And it's on the East Coast. It gives all the East Coasters a chance at a summer camp. Yeah, totally. It looks fun. Yeah. And you can learn about your Heavenly Father, your yeah. Savior, yeah. maybe. Or they yeah. can just listen to the Emma Davis Radio Hour, Walking Dude. with the Lord. Well, I'm walking with the Lord. <laughs> all right. Um, Lord, nah. I should be a preacher. I think. That might be the move. You could. You think uh, I could be like a tent preacher? A what preacher? Like a tent preacher, like a fire and brimstone, like <laughs> Alabama type. You could do it, dude. Just hanging out in the town square type type of vibe. Yeah, all those dudes that like buy private jets and Rolexes and then like get yeah. all their money from their uh get all their money from the congregation and then yeah, it's crazy. Tax free money? Who doesn't love that? Oh my god, yeah. So I've got a lot of questions about this. Let me know if you want to completely skip over this. You were kidding. I can't believe I told you how much money I made. Fuck. All right. I know. This is not hilarious. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Let me know if you want me to cut it out. No, nah, no cuts. That's for pussies. I'm hard. Word. I said it. I said it. Now you have to eat it. Um, You were kit chatted at Mount Hood and it was big. Thoughts? Gross, dude. I don't know. Yeah, no thoughts. I know. Listen, man, I got about how many questions about it? Ten questions about it. I wanted to give you the option to to address it. I missed the infamous live stream, which I actually somebody mentioned to me yesterday at the level one rail jam. Yeah. They're like, did you see that? I was like, no, I didn't see it. And they're like, oh. Short conversation. Some people 
some people are just uh you know all they all that they really need to function is attention and and you need to not give them that attention and that's that there we go we can leave it at that for, for the betterment of yeah we'll leave it at that we'll leave it at that all right um let's see i got two more points from your previous I dodged year. the fuck out of that one. You like that? That was good. You did. You did. And there's going to be certain people. There's going to be certain people, long-time listeners, are saying, Ethan, right. you should have really pressed on it. But you know well, what? There's a lot more. We got a lot more stuff to cover with Emmett. Dude, yeah. I mean, you're walking down a path. There's a bridge. There's a troll under the bridge. <laughs> He's like yelling and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? You want to go up to the troll and you want to maybe give him a biscuit. You want to feed him. <laughs> You want to give that troll a little something, see what he does, you know, but yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. There you go. We have it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, folks that ask questions, but this is the, I, like I said, this is the Emmett Davis radio hour. He, oh, dictates, he dictates the content. I love that. I love answering questions. I just, you know. Yeah. You just pick and choose which ones. Um, yeah, if you want me to talk about you, you can definitely pay me to do so. <laughs> I'd like to leave that open. If you'd like to, if you, if you're a person out there who loves the attention of people mentioning you, yeah, hit me up. That's I'll like you, you should go. On, you should go on cameo. You really should, and then be like at the intro of people's edits. It's like. Uh, this is a certified Emmett Davis classic, you know? This is a certified exclusive. Yeah. Dude, people pay for that. Damn, son, where'd you find this? I, yeah. yeah. Right now. Um, I have, I literally have two more points from this yeah. past year. One of them is like, it hardly elicits any conversation. You put a lot of stuff into those orders. Like you just stuff those orders with like goodies and like little gift bag. It's like a wedding gift bag. Yeah. Throw in there. Sure. Why is that? You just love like love of the game. Yeah, I I think it's cool when not only getting the product and using it is one thing, but I want people to remember when they received it physically. That's a you banger I mean? right there. Yeah. I want them to remember the day that they opened the box and there was a ton. You know what I mean? I want it to be like memorable. Yeah. Dude. Because, yeah. Banger. That's that's so that's straight out of I don't know if you've ever read the book Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson, but that's a Steve Jobs thing. He's like oh, really? every step of it should be beautiful. The box should be beautiful. The inside of the box should be beautiful. Everything yeah. should be beautiful. Yeah. So For like me, that. it's not necessarily like beautiful, but memorable. memorable memorable yeah. needs to stick out it needs to be like the next company you buy skis from mm-hmm. you open the box and it's just skis in the box and you feel sad because just skis in a receipt that's right because when you got your vishnu's there's a ton of shit in there that you then use you yeah. use your ice scraper you use your toothbrush you know mm-hmm. cement yourself in the customer's memory it's good I like that. You know, let's 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 stick on this this tip for a second. John, how do you build brand image? Very carefully. Another question for you from my brain. Have you Very ever good. ever ever thought about doing like a seminar or something at the U of U, like a entrepreneurship class and saying, "Hey, here's a thing or two you need to know about businesses." I've given a speech to a class before. Really? I did, yeah. 
was it more of like a biographical thing or was it no it was like a marketing class it was like reaching how to reach how to reach customers and what to do it's hard to it's hard to sum things up mm -hmm. it's so unique to like what you are trying to do specifically but ultimately what people are we talked about this a little bit last time but what people are looking for is connection ultimately like they want to connect with your brand they want it to feel like a special thing a unique thing not mass produced um too sanitary uh so anything that you can do to further that connection is what you need to do whatever that means whatever that means to you mm -hmm. whatever that means to your customer it's specific to the situation but the more the more connection the more the person's able to identify with what you're doing on a personal emotional level mm -hmm. that's what you need to do and you just know it when you see it you just know the thing if it's your brand and you have the vision and you know what to do you know what to do you know the truth already mm -hmm. so just don't be shy don't be worried about being like corny and whatever just like connect with the people that are giving you money they're giving you their money mm -hmm. so connect with them they want you to do that so do it yeah i like that yeah so is that what you discussed in that class yeah uh what i talked about in the class was way more like base level shit like we were talking about the, the um the spread of innovation like the abc group thing mm -hmm. like that yeah. was a big it's just like establishing early adopters, expanding that kind of shit. Yeah. Like base level marketing shit. But I don't even remember what I said. I black, I fully blacked out. I don't even remember, but I think it went well. I don't know. Yeah. I like that. I mean, building a brand, I think connection is good. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Especially now, especially right. now when it feels like most companies don't care about you. Yeah, separate yourself. I don't think that's as much of an issue in skiing as it is like the rest of like the world. It's like they just want like I I have to travel a lot for work, so it's a big discussion. It's like, dude, this hotel chain, you give them all your business, and what do they give you when you reach the highest rewards level? Like a fucking granola bar and a water bottle, and that's not it. shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're just like, dude, I don't feel connected to you. I think for, for Vishnu, it, it boils down to doing things that other ski companies would not do. Mm -hmm. Even if that means it's technically bad for business, doing things that other companies would not do. Yeah. Well, I think, do you think if you did the same volume as like vocal that you'd be able to keep up with handwritten notes, toothbrushes, checking I'd DMs figure, all the time? I'd figure out a way. Mm -hmm. I'd figure out a way um there's always a way there's always a solution you know mm -hmm. to whatever problem you have you just gotta i've learned a lot you just gotta take a step back look at the bigger picture and i'm i'm speaking in generalities here it's difficult to be specific because mm -hmm. it's specific to other people to to whatever you're trying to do but well that's one of the harshest truths about any sort of bit it's just in life it's really uh it, it all boils down to uh, it kind of depends on the situation yeah you know which sucks <laughs> but that situation if you own a brand trust yourself mm -hmm. trust 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 your instincts 
because if you already own a brand and it's doing well or whatever, you're making progress, that means that you have good instincts. So whatever your instincts are telling you, just trust, trust in yourself. Like, you know, the truth, like I said before, like you have the brand, the vision is within you, put it out there mm -hmm. and just don't be afraid. Well, I do have a question for you. Yeah. How this is from Matt, how is your vision tying in that keyword? How has your vision for the company evolved over time? Because right now we're seeing the emit of today, but at one point at the beginning of this, uh, when this company first started, everyone starts from zero. Everyone yeah. starts from, I want to be something. I want this company to mean something. And now that it means something, you know, how, how does that mentally, where does that bring you? The only way to make money in the world is to slowly bend your morals and bend your beliefs and bend the things you think are important for financial gain. It's the only way, but you can still stay true to the founding ideas um, or the company will cease to be what it, what you want it to be. There's just certain things that I can't do because it's off brand. It's either on brand or it's off brand. Mm -hmm. You can do things that are potentially off brand, but change them in a way that represents you. Yeah. Still. Like if you were going to like, say you wanted to kill Vishnu tomorrow, not by saying, Hey, we're not going to, you know, this is over, but like, what's a move you think if you did tomorrow, people would be like, party's over Vishnu stinks like what's an off-brand move that you would just be like I am not I can't do it I'm not doing that um but I mean and everything that I would say is something that other companies do currently <laughs> you know what I mean well obviously because you're a different company losing the losing the authenticity on social media I think would be big if it mm -hmm. if Vishnu became just like like blind six off and up rail <laughs> vibes. That would yeah. be no blind six off and up rail, the little baby. That would be one. <laughs> like just totally, just like totally, you know what I'm saying though? No, that's just bad funny. That's so specific. You know, it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If it, if it, if I did that, if anything where there's a huge unexpected shift. Yeah. That isn't, creative or interesting yeah i would say how do you this is what i wonder how do you prevent vishnu from being coming a caricature of itself um you know because you have the brand image and right. then and that's and you know it's a brand image that's sincerely held but then there's people that don't necessarily align with that brand image that buy into that brand image through the product they're saying hey you know I'm also part of this. How do you prevent it from cannibalizing itself? You got to be, you got yeah. to think, think long-term. You have to um, em embrace trends, but not define yourself by them. Mm -hmm. I think that it's real easy to see a rising trend. And again, everything that I'm telling you right now is something that other ski companies have done or are currently doing. But the key is to remain open and versatile. 
um you'll notice that i never at the height of the phenomenon i never referred to vishnu as like swerve skiing or like new wave skiing whatever because that's a a current trend that's going to pass yeah so you have to be versatile and and open yourself up to things like the key like the ski i made last season that's like more of a jump oriented uh something you could ride in a competition type ski but it's still it's still on brand because i'm still rolling it out in the same way i always have i'm still putting people on who have like a timeless style i'm not jumping on trends playing them out and then in turn playing myself out mm. you have to create try to create the trends without trying too hard without taking yourself too seriously but every time i see companies fail and you never know vishnu could fail tomorrow it, it could happen who knows but not getting too wrapped up in the current hottest thing because mm -hmm. it's really tempting to do that it's really tempting to see look how these look how people are skiing here now this is the hottest shit ever it's never gonna be uncool let's put all of our resources into that that happens all the time mm -hmm. and that's just a recipe for failure support the trip support the people that are doing that trend help them to do that thing but don't define the company with that trend because it's mm -hmm. gonna end yeah you know and just be re be ready for things to change and and change with them i guess yeah that is interesting there's a lot of different ways to do there's a lot of different ways to go about the whole ski the ski company thing I think a lot of companies are so reliant on Instagram analytics because they don't, this is deep in the podcast. So if you're still listening to this, God bless you, but <laughs> there's the problem with skiing and it's only getting worse is that these companies are controlled by people that don't ski. Right. Mm -hmm. So they don't, they're not out there at the resort, watching people ski, identifying things that are going to be interest that are going to be cool or new or whatever. They are probably running uh like 10 other companies the parent company that is based in europe most likely or wherever right. so what they end up having to do is because they don't understand the current state of whatever it is they're involved in they have to use something else to dictate what is going to get them money because they're probably have a bank loan they're probably in debt failure is not an option so that's how business works what's the sure thing and nowadays that's instagram analytics so you get so wrapped up in those analytics mm -hmm. so wrapped up and it's the only thing you look at and and by moving making your business choices based on likes follows all that shit you alienate people because not everyone thinks blind six off an up rail to low baby is cool. <laughs> it may be cool currently, but you're going to put all of your resources into this one thing. You're building this clout goblin machine, <laughs> but you're not really connecting. You're not connecting with anyone. Yeah. 
So you, the data that you're looking at is not representative of your customer base. Mm -hmm. I think. I think. That's interesting. Well, it also depends on, which sucks, it depends on your audience. Yeah. Like, I was listening, this is, this is outside of skiing. I was listening to this interview, somebody that works at Barstool. And he's like, yeah, I used to work for another company, but like their focus was they wanted to be the search result when when you said what time does the super bowl start like right. that's what they wanted to do so there's for sure some ski companies that say that want to be i need skis for my family even though nobody would type that in but you know like oh best skis for best skis for for kids like some people want to be that result you run the risk of alienating other people by doing that though and i think mm -hmm. that like i said before these are the opinions of me and not the host nor the sponsor but i just sometimes ski companies build a bubble and then it bursts mm -hmm. in a bad way and that's happened time and time again and i just try to avoid that at all costs you know yeah what do you think about these new these new ski companies uh feels like when I, what was the early days like of vishnu like was vishnu warmly accepted at first or was vishnu where people were like whatever like look at these students both because yeah there's new comp there's new companies i think a gilson for example is a company that uh has a fan base has a lot of people that clown on them misfit skis is another new company that i don't know anything about misfit skis i just know that they look cool yeah but like you know i'm seeing them in their early days i never saw vishnu in its early days did you have a period of time where you would be like damn these guys are kind of assholes nobody's giving us a shot uh yeah you get used to it mm-hmm you just persevere. Is that how you get through that? Yeah. Just don't, just don't worry about it. It's not going to work for everyone. No. Uh, generally what keeps you relevant is people. Oh man. I believe the saying is, uh, I don't know where it comes from, but, uh, I don't want to make buttered noodles is basically how it comes down like buttered noodles are fine you can eat them get them most places no one's gonna say ew buttered noodles but by the same token no one's gonna be like yeah buttered noodles you know yeah I think there's a lot of buttered noodles nowadays <laughs> and you gotta be willing to do things that people some people don't like yeah in order to to progress with what you're doing if I, I have a top sheet idea i want seven people to be like that is so fucking sick i want two people to be like eh, it's okay and i want at least one person to be like what the fuck is that that sucks <laughs> because that is you're not making buttered noodles i'm making something that is well if but if you're making something super specific for a super specific audience yeah it's gonna be out of 10 people, two people are like, I love that. Another two are like, oh, whatever. That's not for me, but it's fine. And then there's going to be six that are like, what on earth are they thinking? Like, if you're super specific, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be more people than not saying, oh, my God, waste of time, waste of money, you know? Yeah. But if that's what's like, I'm saying this for other people. Like, if that's yeah. your target audience is super specific, you're going to have to eat that and be like, yeah. Most people are going to hate this shit, but the people that get it, get it. 
yeah i think that's a powerful and like standing that's a powerful move and like standing by the things that maybe people don't like mm-hmm. and and just doing it staying true to yourself as 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 a company i don't know i I guess I've just trained myself to not think about it too much. I know when something's in the pocket. I know when it's going to hit for most and not a lot and not everyone. Like I know where to leave the edges rough. I know, you know, mm-hmm. I know like this video, this video that I'm probably going to put out um, this week. It's called Tears of Joy because that's how we all feel about it being being finished. Um, I think that there's people that are going to watch it and they're going to really like it. And I think there's going to people going to be people that watch it and like, don't get it. Like they'll see Dylan ski and they'll be like, he has such bad style because what you are used to seeing is blind six off an up rail to little baby with your hands at your sides, which is cool for sure. But there's no raw at like what Dylan has, what Luke has, what Kyson has in their skiing is an edge that you can't teach that. It's just how they ski. They're not forcing it at all. It's completely just in the moment they're skiing, how they're skiing. And I, yeah, I just, I can't wait for people to see it. It's been, it's been a long road, buddy. A lot of jumps being built. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that. Well, it's why we're here. I th- yeah. When you talked about Dylan skiing being ugly to some, I immediately thought of Arnold Palmer's swing. Like Arnold Palmer famously had a very ugly, hideous swing. Right. And he said, fuck you, it's my swing. It's got soul. It's, it's got, got soul. soul. It's, got yeah. it's got fucking something to it. When you see Dylan Manley ski, you know who it is. Yeah. When you, li- not- when you listen to Bob Dylan sing, at no point are you like this guy has a beautiful right. wonderful easy to listen to voice it's you not think, butter noodles yeah it's not butter noodles you think that hurts to listen to it's good right it's not butter noodles and i think i think that the video that we did that this video tears of joy is the is the the best video that i've ever made like easily but there's still a lot of shit like dylan's opening clip is like his arms are fucking insane. It's all over the place. It's totally out. Of, he's totally out of control. He's totally in like extreme danger, but he holds it together. It's like a bullfight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a fucking. He's dancing with chaos. It's exciting. Yeah. And so I hope that people can. I hope that people. Well, we, I kind of made it for, we kind of made it for ourselves. Cause we're just old and it's like, we're going to make this video how we want to make it. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, maybe you'll like it or not, or not. Either we'll way. We'll see. Either if, way. If the video is ready, we could have talked about it, but it's even better that it's not ready. Cause then that gives us something to talk about next time. It's ready. Like it'll be out probably by the time people watch this. Yeah. I'm guessing. All right. Well, We've we found ourselves at a natural conclusion to the episode yeah. two hours in. It we just it. sometimes it all falls into place. Do you have any parting thoughts? Anything you'd like to say? Any anything you'd like to leave the people off with? I don't know when you're gonna come on again. We could we could make the Emmett Davis radio hour, radio two hour more regular. I don't care. 
Be doing yeah, room. I'm down. My mom, my mom told me that I need to be, I need to keep my mystique. So uh, yeah. maybe I can't do, I can't do too many. But uh, parting thoughts, shit. If you're I, learning, if you're learning to ski right now, if you're learning to hit rails right now, like you slid your first rail yesterday. Trust me when I say that you will be a much better skier and you'll have much more fun and have much more variety if you learn to do everything both ways. So I wish I would have done this. When I learned to do a blind two right foot forward, I wish I would have learned to do a blind two left foot forward, et cetera, et cetera. You learn to do a front swap righty, learn it lefty. And that will give you just infinitely more tricks to try and infinitely more opportunities if you get into street skiing um you know on a boring on like a, a park day that's like boring where it's like cloudy and cold and whatever i just do everything left foot forward like it's just ways to just entertain yourself so you never get bored of skiing um because it's possible to get bored of skiing it happens so that would be my parting words if you're a skier boy or girl and you're learning hot jibs Try everything both ways. You'll be fucking way sicker when you eventually get good, which you will. You'll have that muscle memory and you will be stunting. I promise. Boom. There you have it. Oh, yeah. That's the end of the new episode with Emmett, the return of Emmett Davis. Watch the Here's video. Enjoy this. Tears of joy this week. Tears of joy. Tears of joy on the Vishnu YouTube channel. That's correct. God bless. There you have it. Up top is born out in my area.